0: Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Robert Walgamuth on nearing the finish line as we prepare for the end of our lives. You know, I don't know how, I don't know if I'm in the, in the 30% and I die in a
1: car accident or of a heart attack, or if I've got a, uh, a ramp, an exit ramp, where I get a chance to say goodbye to my loved ones. I don't know. In either case, I want to be ready, and I know this is gonna be a celebration like I can't imagine.
0: Robert Wolgamuth, next. Publishing executive Robert Walgamuth wants us to finish our races of faith well. He's written about it in his last book, Gunlap, and even more so in his newest book, Finish Line. In the book, he offers much spiritual and practical help for those drawing near the finish line of their lives. Robert is married to well known women's speaker, author, and founder of Revive Our Hearts, Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth. Robert, what inspired you to write Finish Line? Well, I'm dying. Nah.
1: <laughs> and we all are. Mm-hmm. The Bible tell, says that every single person hearing our voices right now is going to die. So unless you're Elijah or, or Enoch, you're going to die the old fashioned way. And so I wrote a book called Gun Lap, which you mentioned a moment ago, which is really about running well the last lap of your life. This is the finish line. This is the home stretch. This is getting ready to die and getting all the stuff together that you need to get together before you hit that line
0: well the scripture john 12 24 is foundational as i understand it connected to your late wife's funeral and you 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 weave uh stories of your your late wife throughout Mm -hmm. the book tell us about that scripture and and the connection to your late wife's funeral and what, what it means sure, to this at, book. Yeah, that's so important. Thank you. At the end of,
1: of her service, this was on uh, November 14th of 2014, um, we put on the screen that scripture that you just referenced. Um, except a kernel of wheat fall into the ground and die it remains a single seed but if it dies it produces many seeds and actually that that was quoted by jesus right before his own death of course that was followed by the resurrection um but it talks about the fact that death the death brings something on that life does not that it it draws a contrast as to what you did during your life and and that seed produces fruit or it just dies quietly and clearly jesus seed when it died it produced many seeds that's what i want for my own life and that's what i believe bobby's life was my late my late wife and and really that that's now nine years ago and we're still seeing fruit almost every day of her life, a life well-lived, a life of faithfulness, a life of fidelity to Christ, uh, a woman who loved God's word, who loved evangelism, loved telling people about the Savior. So that's that's what I want. That's what I want for my life. That's what I want for your life. That's what I want for every person listening right now. But that kernel of weed dies, it brings forth fruit. And that Agriculturally, that's true. The seed actually does die in the in the ground, and then it produces a plant uh, fruit that follows. So that's the reason why that verse is so important. I watched it. I watched Bobby the last thirty months of her life. I was her primary caregiver. I tell that story in the book. And her death, because of the grace with which she faced her own death, the fear of death is gone. I have no fear of death now. I have maybe some anxiety about dying and how I'm going to die mm-hmm. but I have no fear of death. And in fact, it's interesting, Bill. 30% of us will die suddenly. I joke about it in the book. For some men, the last thing his friends are going to hear is, "Hey you guys watch this." <laughs> right. <laughs> Pretty typical. <laughs> but but 70% of us, 70, will have an exit ramp that could be a day, it could be a year. In Bobby's case, it was 30 months. So what, what are we going to do in the face of the fact, A, we are going to die, regardless of whether we're in the 30% or the 70%, but the message really of this book is getting ready for that, and that has to do with detailed things we talk about. We talk about like planning your fu- funeral, we talk about getting rid of stuff in your basement that your kids are gonna to have to take care of if you don't. So I mean, it's it's very practical, but it's also very um, spiritual. It's very Christ-centered because if you die without Christ, that's a whole different scenario. That's The scripture's very clear. those Those who die without knowing Christ, those who die in their sin, rather than forgiven of their sins, spend a life separated from God." So it's it's a book about being ready, it's a book about death, it's a book about details, about getting ready for your own death, and it's also, Lord willing, some encouragement
0: for people who read it. What does the Bible teach, uh, Robert, about about death, the bad and the inspiring, the origins of it, and uh, what it means for the believer in Christ. Yeah. When I signed the book, I signed First Corinthians two
1: nine, which was actually Bobby's favorite verse. My late wife, as she was dying, she repeated this so many times, Bill, I can't tell you. I hmm. has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So we love the anticipation of things. If we're gonna to go to a concert or a professional uh, sports event, we love the anticipation. Kids love the anticipation of Christmas. Well, the, the Apostle Paul says, we can't even conceive, we can't, we can't even make up in our wildest imagination the things that God has prepared for those who love him. That begs the question, doesn't it? What about those who don't love him? Mm-hmm. And we also cannot imagine what that would be like, eternity, Separated from God, the Bible calls that hell. And um, you know, honestly, the the more we embrace that as truth, the more interested we are in telling lost people about the Savior. If if we really believe that, we won't get out of an Uber car without saying, "How can I pray for you?" or "Do you know Christ?" or a conversation with a neighbor, a lost neighbor. Uh, and actually being married to Nancy has been so fun because she is a witnesser. I mean, getting her out of church on a Sunday morning, <laughs> she calls it aisle ministry, A-I-S-L-E, aisle ministry, mm-hmm. or out of the parking lot of the grocery store. Somebody bumps into her and recognizes her. She tells, and even if they don't, she tells people about Jesus. And that's been, that's been so much fun to be married to a woman who is so open about the gospel, about people's need for a savior. It's actually, it's easy. I know that sounds crazy, but you know the apostle Paul in the book of Romans says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Well, he wouldn't have said that if he had known what it was to be ashamed, to be a little anxious when you're gonna tell somebody about Christ. So he's saying, I'm not, so I don't need to be either. And my encouragement to you and to every listener right now is do not be ashamed of the gospel people actually when when you say to somebody how can i pray for you they love it nobody ever says well don't bother we have some construction going on at our house Mm -hmm. and every day we start when these guys come over to work we start with prayer i don't i i think none of them know christ as savior but why not why not do that you know my, You know, life is so short. Why, why wouldn't we want—and this is the message of Finish Line—why wouldn't we want to help people be ready for the ultimate end of their lives, their physical lives on earth, by coming to know Christ as Savior?
0: Well, my guest today on His People is Mr. Robert Wolgamuth. He is author of the book Finish Line— dispelling fear, finding peace, and preparing for the end of your life, and sort of an aside, Robert. Um, you uh, mentioned this in your book, and it's very uh wonderful to read that your late wife Bobby, uh, had told your your wife your present wife, uh, Nancy, that she wanted the two of you to marry a, a couple of months yeah. before tell us about it. yeah that. that's that's close to true. what happened
1: was. And I'm glad it didn't actually happen like that. Oh, Cause then what choice would I have had? <laughs> right. So what she, t- she told two friends that didn't know Nancy, that she wants Robert to m- marry Nancy Lee DeMoss mm. when she goes, when Bobby steps into heaven. So Nancy had no idea that Bobby had said that. She knew Bobby, she loved Bobby, but she had no idea. That's exactly what Bobby wanted me to do. Mm. So. A couple months after Nancy and I were seeing each other now, romantically, we knew each other professionally. So, a couple months after Bobby had stepped into heaven, then those two friends said, You know, there's something you probably ought to know. And boy, did I ever want to know that. But I'm glad I didn't know before. That would have felt like an assignment. Mm-hmm. And you know how men are like, directions don't give me directions and don't tell me what to do with, after you die. <laughs> but but that, that's what happened. Bobby told these two friends that she wants me to marry Nancy. And now we've finished. You know what we do? We count months. Mm-hmm. We did that because we got married late. She was 57. I was 67. Mm-hmm. So we decided we're going to catch up to our friends who have been <laughs> married 40, 45, 50 years. Mm-hmm. So we just celebrated. You ready for this little drum roll, please? We just celebrated our 90th anniversary. Congratulations. Hallmark Cards has me on the whiteboard as their marketing plan, because I have a pile of happy anniversary cards (laughs) 90 times in the last seven and a half years, and it's been unbelievable. Isn't that fun?
0: It is. Well, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, We've got to get, of course, to some of the practical things, too, but you talk about crossing that line, crossing that line into eternity, the beginning of your book. You've got to a preface, I think it is, by Johnny Erickson Tata, and she talks about what she had imagined it will be like as she crosses from this life to that and, and, and so on. What what can you tell us about, uh, perhaps, what sticks out in your mind that Johnny has written, and also Randy Elkhorn of Eternal Perspective Ministries as well? And he, he, his, his wife uh, went to be with the Lord within the last year or two, but he's also written a book uh, and he's oh, yeah. about passing from this life to next. Anyway,
1: it will be the celebration
0: of your lifetime, even though it'll be the end of your
1: life. I tell the story about Rick Hansen, who was a quadriplegic, actually a paraplegic, who took his wheelchair, a 26,000-mile trip, the equivalent of going around the earth. And he finished in Vancouver, British Columbia, in front of 50,000 screaming people. He crossed his finish line to the sounds of people who were cheering for him. And you know, scholars are, are not quite sure about what the cloud of witnesses really is in Hebrews 12. Mm-hmm. But I like to picture it that way, that when we cross over, uh, Dr. Ken Boas says, when we go from the land of the dying to the land of the living, that there will be a celebration. In fact, one of the stories I tell at the very end, I don't know if you got there, Ed, Dr. Ed Heinsen, who was a, a professor at Liberty Forever, did a lot of teaching on heaven and on death. And he's dying in the hospital. His children and grandchildren are gathered there. They've sung hymns, they've prayed. They realize Ed's about to die. Uh, Ed and Nancy were buddies. I knew Ed, but not well, and Nancy knew him very well. So the, the just imagine at the nurses station, you hear this celebration, this family, they've sung, they've prayed, and now they are making noise <laughs> as they as they're watching their dad and granddad step into heaven and it was isn't that crazy can you imagine that but that's it. it it is a celebration the scripture i just read we can't imagine eye has not seen ear has not heard so that's what we have to look forward to those who know christ that's the promise of heaven and you know i don't know how i don't know if i'm in the, in the 30% and I die in a car accident or of a heart attack, or if I've got a uh, a ramp, an exit ramp, where I get a chance to say goodbye to my loved ones. I don't know. In either case, I want to be ready, and I know this is going to be a celebration like I can't imagine.
0: Mm-hmm. And last words, uh, you, you're right about that. Uh, the, the significance of last words, your wife's <laughs> last words, Jesus' last words, Yeah. Uh, the last words of other people. Exactly.
1: So Bobby was, this is on Tuesday morning, October 28th, 2014. My daughters, Missy and Julie were there grown families of their own. It was just the three of us with Bobby. She was on the hospital bed in our living room. Mm. And, and she was incredibly alert. I'm telling you, it, it was amazing, Bill. In fact, well, I, again, I tell the story in detail, but she she was on a hospital bed. She asked me to put the back down. So she was lying flat. Then she rolled over and she took me by the shirt and she pulled my face in next to hers. This is so vivid as you can imagine. Uh, My nose is two inches from her nose. And she says, I love you so much. Mm. And she died. Uh, We did, we did have a hospice nurse. My daughter, Missy said, is she dead? Is she dying? And the hospice nurse put her hand on Bobby's chest. And she said, She's not breathing, she's gone. It was like that. I've talked to so many people who have lost loved ones. I haven't heard a story quite like that, but that was Bobby's, that was Bobby's love for Christ. That was Bobby's understanding that this was the end of her physical life. She was ready and she she said a very kind thing that she loved me, which of course I'll never forget. So that that is our story. And as I said, because of Bobby's courage, in facing what was horrendous 30 months of ovarian cancer. She never complained. She almost never stopped smiling. Even though she got very sick with chemo, she showed us how to do this. And I'm so grateful for that kind of example of what it looks like to die well.
0: And going to scripture, Jesus' last words, it is finished. Yeah, telestai is the
1: Aramaic word but yeah, and it's finished and you can you can use that that word like a race, Hebrews 12, or like Rick Hansen on the wheelchair. It's also completed. So I love projects, building projects. I'm sitting here looking out on our deck, a thousand foot deck I built right after Nancy and I got married. And I love finishing a project like that, standing back and taking a look at it and saying, it's finished yeah it's finished yeah. what I set out to accomplish is done and that was of course Jesus words his the task on on earth for him was was to be the substitutionary um, death on the cross for us and what he had come to do he he finished it was done it was completed. So I, I I talk a little bit in the book about Nancy teaching on that text and how wonderful it, it was. Chuck Swindoll also has some great material on It Is Finished. So, yeah, it's the completion, but it's also the end of the line. What you came to accomplish, you've done. What a, what a great promise, man.
0: I wanted to ask you, too, uh, Robert, about a man named Rob Moll, uh, M-O-L-L, and his story is so unusual. A young man, I should let you tell it, but it bears so much on this yeah, discussion. he worked
1: for CT, he worked for Christianity Today, and actually his wife, Clarissa, is a friend. Uh, we actually work with her on a book about hmm. Rob, but he was a young man, I mean, and he wrote a book, a really definitive book about death, hmm. even though he was in his 30s. But somehow the Lord nudged him to uh, to write this book, and he was hiking in the Pacific Northwest, slipped, fell to his death. Um, so he's in that thirty percent, right? The yeah. Guy said. Mm-hmm. But he was he was really taken. I can't wait to meet him. I never met him. We have mutual friends, but I never met him. Again, I have contact with his wife now because I've helped her publish some books. But yeah, his and and his perspective. Ted Olson, who was the executive editor of CT. I quote Ted in the book, the things that he said about Rob, but it was all in retrospect because it was after Rob's sudden and tragic death. But he was ready. He's he's one of the guys we talk about. That is, you don't know when it is, but he was ready regardless of when it was. If he was in the 30% sudden or the 70% long exit ramp, Rob Mall was ready. And his book, I talk about his book, I give the details in the bibliography. I highly recommend his book to you.
0: Well, your book is Finish Line, Dispelling Fear, Finding Peace, and Preparing for the End of Your Life. You've touched on this in different ways, Robert, but um, what would you say, b- bottom line, is involved in being prepared spiritually for our deaths, which could, like you say, could be on a on an exit ramp or they could come immediately right
1: well that that really answering your question is a 240 page book it (laughs) it is there's so many pieces and uh, and parts of this including planning your funeral including preparing a will You you have your choice the government can decide what to do with your stuff and your and your assets or you can decide if you've got a ministry that you love, you, you can in your will assign your estate, some of your estate, some of your finances to that ministry. How, how much better is it to be able to make that decision? And then like your funeral. So Nancy is a programmer. We just got back from Mexico and she hosted 8,000 women in Mexico and she did the program. Well, she's not afraid of programs but my book is inspi- has inspired her, if I can say that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to actually preparing for her funeral. So here's here's the deal. Most of what I write in this book is for people who are gonna survive your death. So here's what I in in writing this book have eliminated. You ready? I've eliminated my survivors ever saying, I wonder what Robert would have wanted us to do. Hmm. So and it's not it's not restrictive like if if you decide that one of the hymns i pick for the funeral service isn't something you like you're not like gonna feel guilty but you at least you know what i would have wanted the speakers people who are gonna who will give a witness um for christ even the the location all that so that and and actually nancy and i have bought burial plots so we we know mm-hmm. where these these shells will be um, interred so it's 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 a relief to people who survive us so they won't have to say well I wonder what he or I wonder what she would have wanted us to do so it's it's really there's so much in here that is going to be a help to your survivors and, and the other the other thing that I talk about is get rid of your stuff get rid of your junk. In fact, I posted on foxnews.com an article that was read by hundreds of thousands of people about that very subject. It's it's time you back a trailer up to your garage and get rid of stuff. Either you do it or your your survivors are going to do it, and they're going to grumble while they're doing it. They're going <laughs> to say, help me understand why he didn't take care of this before he died. <laughs> So, you know, and I, I do my best to, to have a light touch in all this. I'm mm-hmm. not, my brow isn't furrowed and I'm not angry, but it's it really is the right thing to do in terms of being ready for your death. Get get all that stuff taken care of before you die.
0: Well, Robert, and you talk about this a bit, how important is it how we live our last days, whether we're lingering with some kind of an illness, and I guess in one sense, we don't know when our last days are. No, exactly.
1: It's exactly right. You've, you've seen, there are surveys of people who who are surveyed like, would you rather die suddenly or would you rather have an exit ramp? And it's, it's very interesting, it's about 50-50. Hmm. So I, again, the scripture is very clear. Jesus came to help us to understand what eternal life was about and how to know him as our savior so that we do live eternally with him and with our loved ones. Can you imagine? Can you even imagine? And you mentioned Randy Alcorn. Mm-hmm. Randy, when I contacted Randy and said, I would love for you to write an endorsement for this book because you're the heaven guy, right? Yeah. I said, and I, I'm actually only asking one person. So if you say no, I'm gonna be in trouble. Because and you know, you you would know this, you're in the business. You, you buy a book and there might be 30 or 35 endorsements. I said, Randy, I just want one. I just want the heaven guy to read the book and tell me what you think. Mm. Unfortunately, he was very gracious in what he said about it. That's it. That, that we can't imagine the challenge for you and me right now is to be sure that we're ready. And the, and the book makes it very clear how to get ready to die. And and then the upside of that, as I said, we're in the land of the dying and we're headed to the land of the living by God's grace.
0: I should ask you, Robert, before we go, and I know I've got to let you go here in just a minute, uh, talk about, if you would, the importance of friendships, uh, the importance of the church, of the body of Christ, as we near the finish line.
1: Yeah, um, so, many,
0: so many good
1: reasons to be a part of, of a local fellowship. You know, COVID got a lot of people in a really bad habit. They thought they were going to church because they were looking at a computer screen and watching a service, maybe even singing along or closing their eyes during the prayer. It's not the same. And because I had two cancers during COVID, I mean, you're talking about uh, no holds barred And, and we were loving church services, but they were all virtual, you know, and that's not the same. So we have um we have even more so enjoyed actual physical church, standing, singing, embracing people we know and love, people we'll spend eternity with. So um you know, Jesus was unequivocal about the importance of church. The gates of hell don't have a chance against his body, his church. So you know, if, if your listeners right now are hearing this and saying, well, I, I go to church. I live in Vermont, but I go to church in California because I really love the music. And that guy's a great preacher. That's not church. That's nice, but that's not church. Church is the gathering of Christ's body where you can love on people. You can hug them. You can hold their hand, pray with them um, and celebrate what Christ has done for you in person, face to face. There's no substitute for that.
0: Well, Mr. Robert Wolgemuth, my guest, the book is Finish Line, Dispelling Fear, Finding Peace, and Preparing for the End of Your Life. Robert, just to summarize, to distill this whole conversation, if somebody is just dropping in, uh, just joined us in the last few minutes, what would be the encouragement Mm. as we conclude? This is a highly personal conversation, Bill.
1: You know, it's interesting. I've had surgery many times. You probably have too. And, you know, let's say you're in the, in the room getting ready to go in for surgery. Your family's there. Maybe your wife or your husband or your kids. You're, you pray together, maybe sing a hymn. The nurses are there. But at the end of the day, that nurse pushes you down the hall and you go through those double doors all by yourself. So this isn't a hypothetical question. This isn't anything to, to joke about. This this is serious, and it's incredibly personal. So my encouragement to your listeners right now is to be sure that you're ready to meet God, that you know Christ as your Savior, that you've confessed your sin, that you've said with Psalmist, Psalm 51, search me, O God. Know if there's any wicked way in me and forgive me. And, and heaven is going to be amazing. I don't know. In fact, the Apostle Paul makes it clear. I haven't seen, I haven't heard, I can't even imagine the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. That's my prayer for you and for
0: your listeners right now. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, publishing executive Robert Walgamuth, author of Finish Line. <laughs> Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Laura Perry-Smaltz, on going from being transgender to being transformed by Jesus Christ.
1: As God began, just step by step, it's like it's all been a work of Christ. As He began to transform me, I had no hope of transformation. I did not think I'd ever look like a girl. I didn't think I'd ever feel like a girl. I didn't think I'd ever want to be a girl. I didn't think I'd ever enjoy being a girl at all.
0: That's tomorrow at this same time, right here on His People.